Good evening. Welcome to Game Over Vancouver here on SDPN Sports. My name is Parker Hallowell. You might know me as Parker's Pucks. And I'm here to break down an absolute heartbreaker um, of a game from the Vancouver Canucks. It's just me tonight riding solo once again. Um, man, this was a game that really early on I figured, all right, you know, hey, I normally I'd probably give up on this game, but you know, I've got I've got a show to do tonight. This is great. I'm gonna just focus solely on like an analytical perspective, focus on how the Canucks are doing. I'm not gonna get invested in the result. And the Canucks go and get me invested in the result. And uh and they rip my heart to pieces, which is the MO for this team for the entirety of my life, and for some of you who might be older than me, the entirety of your lives as well, because we know that this team has never they've never they never finished a job, really. Um and this one uh this one hurt in what was the Hughes Bowl, uh Hughes and Hughes versus Hughes, uh the return of Travis Green, so many storylines in this one that um you know, really made it look like it wasn't going to be a very interesting game through the first bit. Um, but as the Canucks bring it back, suddenly those storylines become interesting again. Um, but the Canucks found a way to not win. <laughs> and uh, to, to, to it's, it's, the, it's the old saying, it's the hope that kills you. And I don't know, over the years, the three, four years or whatever that I've been making videos here on YouTube about the Canucks and things along those lines, um, I don't know how many times I have had to say it's the hope that kills you, um, but it's a lot. I feel like I've said it a lot of times. Um, so we'll uh, we'll talk about this game. We'll break it down piece by piece. Um, I will uh, take some of your questions closer to the end. If you're new here, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button uh, here on SDPN. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and YouTube at Parker's Pucks. Um, however, let's break it down. Uh, we'll get to my thoughts on the game. Uh, near to the halfway point and then of course uh, I, I mean look my main thought on the game I'll, I'll spoil it for you man this defense has to sort it out right um, and look they just in injected a new body Nikita Zadorov. he wasn't the problem tonight uh, I mean he wasn't perfect but the real problem was the the taller guy <laughs> at some points in this game uh, and the goaltending could have been a, li a little bit better but uh, yeah Canucks lose 6-5 in a heartbreaker um, not getting anything out of it no points no nothing so let's break this one down let's start at the beginning um, because four minutes in the Canucks have allowed three odd man rushes to develop uh, this early into this hockey game something that uh, look the, the New Jersey Devils are sort of they're close to a 500 team because they score goals right they allow more goals than a set than almost anybody in the league they have some of the worst goaltending out there um you know when a guy like Vitek Vanacek is your is is playing games for you eh, enough it's you know might be a problem so three odd man rushes four minutes in against a dangerous you know a team that's pretty dangerous offensively um it's uh, Jesper Bratt coming in two on one Hughes commits to the pass uh Bratt just beats Demko with a shot the one you'd like Demko to have I'd like Hughes to maybe have a Quinn Hughes. I should say, I got to specify. I I'd like him to have a little bit more of an active stick maybe. Um, and, and at least like not give Brat so much time. I know, I know you're supposed to take the pass on a two on one, but when it gets that close to the net, like you got to try to disrupt in some way. Uh, he didn't shock. It's by Demko. Um, really the problem is that two on one shouldn't exist to begin with. Uh, Canucks do get on a power play though. And they do end up tying this ball game back up about five minutes later. Joshua draws a penalty. Joshua was pretty good tonight. Um, and then the Canucks get lucky here as the centerman for the devils. I think it's McLeod breaks his stick on the faceoff. 
Uh, 30 seconds later, essentially a five on three and a half guy without a stick. Hughes and Besser go give and go as McLeod uh, is sort of defending that top left, essentially the right D man, but for the defending side, the, the left point, um, which is right where his bench is. So he, he puts a little bit of pressure on Hughes and then he takes, as that pass gets by him, he takes the two steps to reach, to grab a stick and the Canucks take advantage. They go give and go back and forth. Um, and then Miller jumps on a rebound. So it's essentially a five on three for five seconds. And the Canucks take advantage of that. Uh, JT Miller jumps on the rebound. He scores. We're tied at one. <clears throat> then the devil's answer right away because it's a Tyler Myers giveaway in the corner. Uh, and this is the first, um, big error from Tyler Myers of this game. He gets the puck uh, essentially, uh, in what looks like it's about to be a battle in his own corner. And what he should be doing here is either pinning it to the wall uh, re- uh, reversing it or getting some mustard on it off the glass and out. Instead, he tries to just sort of slide it. He does one of these sort of like little hooks on the stick to try to slide it up the wall and he gets nothing on it. And there's a, there's a New Jersey devil player right there. Normally not a big deal guy in the corner. What's what's he going to do? Well, if you're looking, um, JT Miller's also there. He's the center. It's okay. If he's putting a little bit of added pressure on the guy with the puck, but Nikita Zadorov is also on that side of the net, leaving Eric Halla completely all by himself. Jack Hughes finds him. Eric Halla doesn't make a mistake. He's all by himself in front, and it's 2-1. So a bit of an iffy one on Myers, and, a, and Zadorov shouldn't be where he was either. He should be on Eric Halla or in a better position to make a play on that pass. Coming so back to the power play, they do absolutely everything but score. There was this big scramble. There was a great save on a cross-crease pass. Um, a bunch of things that the Canucks could have capitalized on, but failed to. Uh, and then right after this power play, you get Jack Hughes scoring. So add a little insult to injury being the Hughes bowl. You get the first of Hughes goals tonight. Cause Luke Hughes did score later. Um, point play off the draw. Um, such they win the face off back, uh, defender plays it back to Jack Hughes. Who's all by himself in the slot. Um, and he's all in uh, on Demko. He scores, makes it 3-1. And then on their eighth shot of the game, a minute and a half later, they make it 4-1. Um, this is a puck that's just thrown on the net by Nate Bastion, uh, or I think it's by Lazar, maybe. Um, Canuck legend, Curtis Lazar. Um, Bastion gets a piece of it, uh, and then McLeod finds the uh, finds the rebound, and it's 4-1. Uh, Canucks do get one back to end the period. Um, Zadorov makes a nice play here. He gains the zone. Gets it to Teddy Bluger. Teddy Bluger's shot results in a big rebound. That was Ray Ferraro, by the way. Shout out to Ray Ferraro because he calls this so early in this game. He's like, Vanacek doesn't have confidence. There's going to be a lot of rebounds. And there absolutely was. Um, And this is a big one. Rebound comes out. Um, The New Jersey defender sort of gets in Vanacek's way. And Joshua has an open net to make it 4-2. So 4-2 after the first. And like I said, this is sort of where I'm thinking, nah, you know, it's it's they're probably losing this game. Uh, I'm just going to focus on it from, you know, uh, and uh, a top-down analytical view. Uh, and then, of course, the Canucks did make it interesting. But let's go to the second because the Canucks allowed four goals on eight shots in the first uh, and were generally atrocious defensively. Um, they clean it up in the second period. It's much, much uh, more low event. Um, Canucks did take a too-many-men penalty. This was entirely Quinn Hughes's fault. Jumped on the ice, touched the puck before his guy got off. Um, and that's not good because you are allowing the best power play in the league running at, I think it was like 36%, 33%, something like that, um, onto the ice. Uh, and they almost score. They get a big scramble in front. Canucks survive that one and then go to the power play right after. 
Um, and then they get a couple good chances as well, but a, a shot off the post uh, is what keeps us as a two-goal game. Um, and then this one's really frustrating because uh, as the Canucks have this power play, Thatcher Demko starts tapping the stick. A good five seconds left in this power play, and Philip Hronick doesn't turn around. He just doesn't turn around. Breakaway pass to John Marino. Thank goodness it was John Marino coming out of the penalty box uh, as Demko's forced to make a big save, essentially keeping this game somewhat alive uh, and from getting to 5-2. Uh, just like, like Philip Hronick, you got to wake up in those cases. Like The defense just wasn't good tonight. That was another big piece of it. Um, Devils go back to the power play late in the second period. Joshua takes the point man down, and now it's Luke Hughes who scores from Jack Hughes. Uh, just a bouncing puck, a weird broken play. Puck bounces back to him. Perfect shot, 5-2. Again, this game feels over at this point. Shots in the second period, 10-7. to um, So Canucks now 5-2. Bad defense leading to essentially all five of these goals. Uh, but we go to the third. We go to the third. And look, if there's any team right now in the NHL that can come back from a three-goal deficit in a period, it's probably the Vancouver Canucks, right? They, they are the highest scoring team in hockey. Um, they've got the firepower, uh, although, you know, some of their guys haven't been feeling it lately and, uh, an early power play, you know, Hey, the, a chance, make it a two goal game in the early power play. Uh, it's about a minute and a half into the period. So they put PP two out for this power play and they do absolutely nothing. They hold the line like six times. It felt like, like they would lose the puck down low. The puck would attempt to get cleared. They would hold the line and keep a little bit of pressure on, but they got absolutely no chances out of it. Um, the Canucks did get on the board though, 13 minutes to play. Niels Hoaglander completely creates this one on his own. Goes in on the four check, breaks the play up. JT Miller on the wall, uh, intercepts the pass, fires it in front to Brock Besser. He's got time. He goes backhand. He goes shelf. His league leading 18th goal makes it five, three. And then just seven minutes later, they make it a little more interesting. Elias Patterson wins the draw. A long shot by Quinn Hughes is barely tipped by Sam Lafferty uh, to make it 5-4. And then Nikita Zadorov almost ends the game on the spot. <laughs> Nikita Zadorov just gives a puck away up the middle in his own zone uh, and, and a great chance for New Jersey. Demko for, you know, six goals on 32 shots. A bad night for Thatcher Demko, obviously. However, the amount of chances that the Devils had that were like this one it was egregious. Um, but again, Demko makes a save, so they're still alive. And then the Canucks get this, uh, you know, the line that, that's been working back out there, essentially Hoaglander with Miller and Besser. They get back, and then Quinn Hughes um, makes his statement on the Hughes Bowl, right? He actually makes his impact. I'm sure he had that assist on the Lafferty goal, but that was just a long shot that happened to get tipped in. Um, Quinn Hughes makes a move at the blue line on Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer played it poorly, but Hughes defends the puck, makes a move to get past him, tries to open the hips, take a shot. It gets blocked. Besser was there. Another guy was there, uh, but it comes back to him and then he keeps going down the wing, fires again, low, far side on net. This is crucial in this uh, from this play from Quinn Hughes, because if you're taking a shot coming down the left wing on a goalie who's, who allows a lot of rebounds, where is the right winger or one of the wingers, not necessarily the right winger, but where is, where's the winger going to go, right? In this case, Brock Besser, the guy who was on the far side, he's going to go sit in front of the crease on the right-hand side, looking for, uh, you know, a pass across that he can tip in a rebound that he can jump on. 
Hughes obviously knows that, right? He's a smart guy. He's a smart player. He can shoot this. If he shoots this short side, it's probably, you know, any rebounds probably going to the corner, right? If he shoots this far side and misses the net, then it's going all the way around to Timo Meyer, who's still kind like who can still get over there and retrieve the puck and go the other way for a chance. But so if you're going to shoot far side, you got to hit the net. And he did. Uh, and it was a low shot, hits the pad, goes right to Niels Hoaglander. Sorry, I said Brock Besser. It was Niels Hoaglander. Um, Niels Hoaglander, who was waiting, and he ties it and makes it 5-5. And at this point, I'm freaking out. I'm fired up. They've pulled off this unreal comeback. There's three and a half minutes that they just have to survive and at least take a point out of this game. And they have had all the pressure over the last few minutes, right? Uh, over the last basically 10 minutes, they've had all the big chances uh, and it looks like they're about to do something. After this Niels Hoaglander goal, the Devils, who have been kind of feeble for the last handful of minutes, absolutely put their foot on the gas. Like, I, they came out of nowhere. They they took the entire third period off. They're like, ah, we got... We got a three goal lead. We're going to sit back. We're going to relax. We're not going to do too much. Right. Um, and the Canucks all credit to them, all credit to their offense said, all right, you're going to sit back. We're going to take it to you. We're going to try to tie this game. And they did. But then the devil said, all right, fair play. We're going to come back now. And we're going to put all the pressure on um, immediately after this Niels Hoaglander goal. Demko is forced to make three huge saves, like grade a grade a chances that he makes saves on. The Devils take a timeout with 2.42 to go. And then what feels like the game ending is Tyler Myers giving the puck away to Jack Hughes with 80 seconds to go. Partial breakaway. Tyler Myers hauls him down, essentially. Like, reaches in for the poke check, doesn't get puck, takes him down. No call, somehow. Normally on partial breakaways, anything's a penalty, right? Like, you, you tap the guy and you just nick the pinky finger on the tap and he still gets a perfectly clean shot on. Boom. Penalty. Slashing or a penalty shot, right? They're... Refs call everything on any sort of breakaway. I am amazed Tyler Myers avoided a penalty uh, on that play. And Jack Hughes is amazed too, right? He is screaming at the ref the whole way to the to the bench. So the Canucks are still alive. Now just 80 more seconds to survive. And uh, they don't. They just don't. Um, I, I literally, I didn't even write down the notes on what happened because I, I was frustrated. Um, Jesper Bratt rebound you know a shot from the point Canucks couldn't get the puck out of the zone they iced it a couple of times there in that span they just you know Niels Hoaglander had a nice chip play out of the zone because the only one who would get a puck over the blue line uh Canucks just kept failing to clear failing to clear failing to clear uh shot from the point rebound comes out to just like that Quinn Hughes shot that I just mentioned right low far side rebounds gonna come if you got a guy waiting there he's gonna capitalize right well hits the pad comes right to Jesper Bratt. Now this puck got tipped like two or three times on the way to Demko, right? Uh, obviously he he wants to control that rebound, but the puck moved a lot on him and deflects, comes over to Jesper Bratt, who has a wide open net. And that's it. 33 seconds on the clock. You know, that's no time. No time. The Canucks got a shot off after that, but obviously didn't go in. Uh, and yeah, overall, a remark a game that <clears throat> after the first period and after the second period, I had completely written off. I had no more emotion for this game. I said, ah, you know, they lost, whatever. We'll break it down on, on SDPN. It'll be a good time. The Canucks went and they gave me hope. They went and they gave me hope. And that's frustrating. <laughs> it's genuinely like that's, 
It's it's annoying that they do this. Where <laughs> like if you're gonna do it, at least finish the job, right? Um, they come back from five two. So if you want to take the moral victory stance, right? I, I like to have some pluses and some minuses. Obviously, my thoughts on the game, right? Let's let's start. Let's let's go on a trip down the plus lane, right? What was good for the Canucks in this game? Let's start off with a moral victory. <laughs> like, like I hate it, right? Moral victories were great when this team wasn't very good, but when the team's actually winning some games, moral victories don't matter really anymore, right? They've shown that they can be a good team, right? They've shown that they can hang with some of these teams. Um, moral victories don't really matter anymore. What they did show for how bad the defense was, the resilience was great. Genuinely, right? Um, after the first period where they allow four goals and their defense was really bad, in the second period... Their defense was pretty good. Genuinely. They make, you know, that there's that scrambly goal on the power play to end the second period to make it 5-2. That's that's not really the defense's fault. It's a power play goal against the best power play in the league, right? Whatever. Um, so yeah, the, the, the defense going from allowing four in the first to a power play goal in the second, I think that's a good bounce back, right? And then of course you have the the goal late, which is a defensive breakdown. And the Canucks broke down defensively for the last two and a half minutes. So the defense was really bad for 23 minutes tonight. The first 20 and the last three. The most crucial 23 minutes, really. Um, also, the resilience from the forwards, right? You can go into a third period down 5-2. I don't know what the odds were in that scenario. I don't know what the betting markets were saying. I bet the Canucks were 10-1 to 1 underdogs, though, right? No, teams don't come back down three in a period very often, right? I mean, the Sharks did it today. If the Sharks can do it, so can the Canucks. Um, but they, they had that resilience. They had that fight back. They, they went, they scored one, seven minutes in 14 minutes in, and then 16 and a half minutes in, they got their job done. Um, and you know, that's, that's something that if we're going to pick out some moral victories, which I said clearly, like we are going to reach for a couple of moral victories here. Um, you know, that's, that's something that we can look at and, and that's great. Um, so the battle back was great. The problem was really how much they had to battle back from, um, other positives from this game. Let me verify this in the NHL.com box score. Uh, Noah Juleson had six hits. Dakota Joshua had eight, eight hits for Dakota Joshua. I thought Dakota Joshua played really good tonight. He scores the goal. He had some good four check going. Um, but by far my first star of this game at least from a Canucks perspective, it's Niels Hoaglander by a mile. Um, he was fantastic. He was an effort machine. He was like, if Connor Garland actually did what he looked like he was doing, you know what I mean? Garland looks like he's doing a lot. Canuck Clay always says, you know, he looks very busy. Um, Niels Hoaglander is busy and he just gets in there and he just works. Um, so I honestly, I loved his game tonight. Uh, he played 1454. Uh, he is playing with Besser and Miller now, I think. Um, I mean, they, they had a couple of the big goals. Uh, Phil DiGiuseppe was a good experiment. He worked out for a few weeks. That is now Niels Hoaglander's spot. He has been like, he, he was the Canucks best player tonight and it's not really close. Um, also, you know, Elias Patterson gets two assists. He wasn't fantastic tonight, but it's nice that he gets on the score sheet a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are the guys who did great. Um, oh, and Brock Besser, matching his goal total from last year. Uh, in what game is this? This is game number 16 and 9 is 25 and 1 is 26. Game number 26 of the year 
Brock Besser has as many goals as he did last year, right? So if we're going to take some positives out of this game, that's what we'll take. Uh, we cannot take a point, unfortunately. It would have been nice if we could. I mean, like, come on, New Jersey, like you're you're on the East. It doesn't matter if we get points. Why can't we just do a little handshake? We'll go to OT. Everyone's happy. Everyone gets a point. We'll make it a three-point game. Everybody, Everybody's happy. Devils, you know, did not go with the gentleman's agreement. Uh, on to the minuses. And we'll start with the overall stuff, right? The atrocious defending. The first period, primarily. Uh, the defense was so, so bad. If you go on natural stat trick uh, and you look at the heat map and if you filter it to the first period... There is the brightest red circle around the Canucks net of chances that the Devils had. Um, that was critical <laughs> to this game. Uh, the Canucks, yeah, the Canucks defense in the first period was was absolutely awful. Way too many dangerous chances. Uh, the analytics don't really back it up. Like they say that the Devils only had five high danger chances in the first. The thing is, they just converted on all of them, and they were all very good chances. Um, they were like extra high danger. I, I know that's not really, there's no way to to quantify that, but they were extra dangerous um, just because of the mistakes that the defense was making. Um, my second big minus is that the Canucks obviously completely gave up, right? They They battled back to tie the game, and then they didn't control the puck after that. Um, that goal from Niels Hoaglander occurred with three minutes and 26 seconds to go. I would be surprised if the Canucks had 30, 30 seconds of possession time in the next three minutes that followed before Jesper Bratt scored that goal. It's probably like 20 seconds of possession time in that three-minute span. Um, yeah, they quit. They completely quit. Uh, that's the that's just as bad to me as, as the defending, right? Uh, it's the... It's the quit on the team, especially on the, like, if you're a defenseman here, right? You just watched your forwards go out and completely salvage you, right? You blew it in the first period. Your forwards came out and they pulled it right back and you repay them by just allowing the devils to walk all over you at the end, right? That hurts. Um, that dressing room, you know, cannot be a fun place. That would, if the Canucks pull this game off, that dressing room is bumping right like what a comeback like what a battle back yada yada but that one goal it, it kills everything right it, it absolutely blows this entire thing away um the other thing is i mean the canucks need to shoot the puck more i, I mean you know they had 33 shots uh but the thing seven shots in the second period right and, and third period shots were 13 13 when score effects are taken into account you know the canucks are gonna get the majority of the shots because the devil sat back first two periods canucks had 20 shots against the worst their second worst goaltender essentially in the league the Devils have the 31st goaltending average or save percentage, not goaltending average, 31st in the league in team save percentage at like 873 coming into this game. And it didn't get better. They allowed five goals on 33 shots. Uh, Vanchek was a rebound machine. You got to put more pucks on net, especially on the power play. And the biggest one, and, and Ray Ferraro called it on the broadcast, the biggest culprit was Andre Kuzmenko. Andre Kuzmenko was gun shy tonight he had uh two shots on goal in this game when he probably could have had five there was a, you know especially that play on the power play late you know he tries to make that one extra move make the perfect play you're against a goalie who cannot control a rebound get pucks on net 
right? I mean, you look at the Canucks goals that they they scored in this one, right? That Hoaglander goal at the end of the game was a rebound. The Besser goal was in tight. Uh, the Joshua goal, um, wasn't that a rebound? Yeah, it was. Um, like, like the rebounds were so prevalent in this game and, and Kuzmenko wasn't putting shots on net and the Canucks just need to put more shots on net. I saw someone mention in the chat, you know, the Canucks power play just needs to shoot. Normally, I'm not going to criticize a power play that is top five in the NHL, right? This power play is genuinely good, but it didn't feel like they got the memo for this one, right? They go one for four, um, which isn't terrible, right? Um, however, yeah, the memo should have been, hey, this guy is a rebound machine. Ray Ferraro had the memo coming into this game. Um, Canucks just needed to, yeah, fire shots on net. Uh, I think that was a missed opportunity. Um, also, yeah, Kuzmenko minus three in this game. The only player on the team who was not, who was worse than a minus one. Um, really almost everyone was even surprisingly in this game. Uh, cause everyone sort of evened themselves out. Miller was a minus one. He had three points though. Lafferty was a minus one. He had a goal. Uh, Hoaglander was a plus two. And then the only other forward who wasn't at even was Andre Kuzmenko at a dash three. I don't even know how you pull that off, right? Like you, you, you don't you have line mates? Um, but Kuzmenko got relegated down to the bottom six tonight. Uh, and for good reason. Uh, and we're going to, yeah, I wonder who's going to be playing with Patterson and Mikheyev on, uh, on Thursday, because I think they're going to keep Hoaglander, Miller and Besser together. And then, yeah, maybe it's just Lafferty with Mikheyev and Patterson. We will see. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's most of my thoughts. Obviously, you know, the defense wasn't good. Demko could have been better. Uh, obviously six goals on 32 shots, right? He makes a couple more saves and it's a completely different ball game. Um, however, I mean, some of the chances that the devils had, uh, were just absolutely egregious, um, to be allowing, uh, in this game. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on this one. I've been talking for 26 minutes or so. We'll take a few more minutes here while I'm here. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll take a couple of questions. Normally we do a presser, um, type of deal where we take some viewer questions. Um, folks, while you're here, make sure you're subscribed to SDPN hit the like button. Uh, you can find me Parker's pucks, YouTube, Twitter, all that good stuff, X, whatever. Um, so yeah, folks. Um, I mean, I guess one more thing that I want to note, uh, is this absolute stagnation that the Canucks have, have shown here, right? You look at their last nine games. It has been a rotation of wins and losses, right? Uh, they lose to the Kraken. They beat the Sharks. They lose to the Avs. They beat the Kraken. They lose to the Sharks. They beat the Ducks. They lose to Vegas. They beat the Flames. And now they lose to the Devils. So, folks, if you're uh, if you're good at patterns, hammer the Canucks on the money line against the Wild if you're a betting man. <laughs> Not that I recommend it. Um, but, I mean, hey, if the pattern remains true, the Canucks are locks to win on Thursday. Um, what's nice is, you know, obviously they, they built up the buffer that they did at the beginning of the season. It would be nice if some of these losses were overtime and they could have built up a couple more points. But uh, yeah, they fall to third in the Pacific. The Kings now overtake them as they have four fewer games played and have a four point buffer. Canucks are still four or have are tied in points with a four game uh, heads or four games in hand. Uh, Vegas has a four point lead uh, on the bright side, though. The Canucks do have a 10 point lead over the Calgary Flames who lost to the Wild tonight. Um, which is nice, but the Canucks play the wild on Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed for game over Vancouver on Thursday night. Have that notification bell on. Um, 
because the wild after firing their coach have won all four games uh, and they're sort of getting back into the mix here um, and, uh, and could be a bit of a, a bit scary and the Canucks need to be on their a game on Thursday. All right, folks, let's get into the presser. Let's take two or three viewer questions that we can answer that we can break down. Um, one thing that is being noted, uh, coach Ryan says time for a DeSmith reset. Yeah, the Canucks have been riding Demko lately, um, and it hasn't really been working. Uh, Demko has been the epitome of the trend that the Canucks are having, win one, lose one. He has had a great game and then a not-so-great game, back and forth, back and forth. Um, yeah, I think it's DeSmith's net on Thursday, um, and I, I see no reason why it wouldn't be, because uh, then the Canucks play Thursday, Saturday, and then they don't play till Tuesday after that, so they do get a two-day rest. It you know They obviously... Probably want to get to Smith in for one game this week anyways, because Demko started eight of the last nine, um, and it makes sense for it to be the game against the Wild, and then Demko gets Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, lots of negativity for Myers, um, <laughs> which I think is uh, which I think is fair. Um, I'm just looking. There's a lot of a lot of hate on Tyler Myers in this one, and. Uh, I hate to say it. I mean, you're not really wrong. Uh, I think I think Myers and Kuzmenko were the two uh, were the two roughest players on the Canucks side tonight. Um, Peter says, uh, "Would you try to push for a trade for Tanev? Bear would be nice after what happened today. This team needs a defensive-minded defenseman. Uh, and do you think Brandon Sod would be nice to have as a two-way forward? I don't want to think about Brandon Sod right now. This this team, uh, I, I I don't really." hate their forward group right now i'm, I'm okay sticking with where they're at because i think guys like kuzmenko bounce back um however yeah ethan the ethan bear chris tanev thing uh is really interesting because ethan bear's free and ethan bear isn't like if you bring ethan bear back suddenly you like can make tyler myers expendable if if you sign ethan bear carson susie comes back Tyler Myers becomes essentially your number six slash number seven. Uh, the problem is, in any case of an injury, he's probably a guy that you'd want to keep around. However, if you're able to trade him and get all that salary back, if this team is genuinely interested in giving up assets for this year's team, and they've done it a little bit with Zadorov, right? The 2026 20, third. That's a 15-year-old. I'm not too worried. Um, but if this if this team is genuinely wanting to make a push to improve the defense, there is a pretty clear path in, in how to do that, right? It would be trading Tyler Myers if you can get something. The thing is, I don't think you can make that move until the trade deadline just because that cap hit is so big that I think it's going to be tough to move that salary away until some teams accrue more cap around the deadline. Um, so I think that's something that would happen have to happen later. Um, but if you could bring in an Ethan Bear and a Chris Tanev, I mean, let me pull up the old Canucks depth chart page here. Because what would that give you? That would give you Hughes and Heronic. That would give you um, Ian Cole and someone like Chris Tanev. And then you would go like Ethan Bear and Nikita Zadorov as your third pair. Actually, I didn't even include Susie. That, that almost bumps Zadorov out of the lineup <laughs> once Susie's back. Um, but yeah, you have the, then you'd have seven NHL defensemen, right? If you move on from Tyler Myers. I think if you are going, I, I think the Canucks need to add another defenseman regardless. And I think it's probably going to be Ethan Bear because he has no acquisition cost. Um, and then any defenseman that you move out, including Tyler Myers, you are going to have to move one back in. If you are genuinely trying to improve the team for this year, then you can trade Tyler Myers for probably nothing. If you're not 
you know, and probably retaining a little bit and then buying a defenseman from someone else like they did last year with Philip Peronic. So look, this is a very active GM. Patrick Alvine is not afraid to, to huck some draft picks around, to make some moves, to, to roll the dice. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if any, if anyone's going to do it, it's probably Patrick Alvine. I, and I'm honestly like, I, I've, I have trust. I have trust in what he's doing, right? I mean, you look at the moves that he's made. They are all looking really good right now, right? Before he got hurt, Carson Soucy was great. Pew Suter was the lifeblood of this penalty kill. And the reason that it's not doing so well right now, a big part of that is because they don't have Pew Suter winning faceoffs. Pew Suter had like a 55% faceoff rate on the penalty kill. That's hard to do because when you're on the penalty kill, you you have to put your stick down first, right? The other team gets to pick what side the faceoff's on, especially at the start of the power play, and they get to see how you line up before they line up. Uh, so it's hard. It's hard to be a positive guy uh, on D-zone faceoffs uh, on the penalty kill. Uh, but Pew Suter was really good at that. Winning a faceoff obviously takes twenty seconds off the clock right away and forces them to make his own entry. Um, but uh, like that was a good move. I think the Nikita Zadorov move was he great tonight? Not particularly, but. Was he, you know, I, I think he was better than uh, Noah Juleson was. <laughs> I don't think Juleson's only in the lineup for PK, obviously. But, um, you know, the cost to acquire Nikita Zadorov was essentially nothing. It was Anthony Bavillier in a third, two years, yeah, two years extra down the line. Very low acquisition cost. And he's getting used to the system, right? I'm not going to judge Nikita Zadorov on, on two games after having one and a half, maybe two practices with the team, right? So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, folks, I uh, let's see. Should we take one more? Should we take one more? Um, there's not a lot of... Yeah, someone's asking why you just drop him. You can't just drop him. You'd have to put him on waivers and someone have to claim him. No one's doing that for that six mil cap hit. Um, and Darren also says, Tanev is 34. Please don't trade for him. Uh, they would. It would be a rental. It would be a pure rental, which I don't uh, I don't know if I love the idea of. Uh, we are at the 34-minute point, though, so I think we're going to call it there, folks. Make sure you're subscribed here on SDPN. I'm here about once every three or four games, so make sure you're subscribed here. You can also find me, Parker's Pucks, on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, folks, let's, uh, let's get those likes up while you're here. We're at 28 with 106 of you in here, so with that like button before we wrap up, it makes me look good, and I like looking good in front of the big uh, Steve Dangle Podcast Network brass. So uh, other, Otherwise, though, uh, I appreciate you guys showing out after a heartbreaking loss. Um, I'm sure if that game wasn't interesting to the end, most of you wouldn't have been here, um, but I appreciate you joining me none. The less. If you missed any part of this, you can rewind back to the beginning. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in SDPN uh, into Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, uh, and it will show up, and you'll see a oh, game over Vancouver if you want to listen to it on your way to work uh, and relive this horrific night uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Otherwise, have a good one, and I'll see you next time.